Hello and welcome to We Random episode 83. We are recording live Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. It's about 100 freaking degrees outside, but we're chilling on the inside here. We're going to talk about some random stuff. But before we get into that, we have a great joke that was sent to us by Emily. B, what do you get when you cross an angry sheep with an angry cow? No, nothing, nothing. Well, what you have are two animals in a bad mood. Yes, sir. We'll be right back after this. Almost Qualified Productions. We're three beers in. Time for you to catch up. Welcome to We Random, episode 83. I'm Landmark. That's Skanzi. Say hello to these wonderful people, Skanzi. Hey, what's up, everybody? There is not enough beer in the world for that joke, but, you know, we use the drop anyway. How are things going for you, Skanzi? How's your week been? What's going on? Tell the people what you got in your heart today, brother. You know, it's uh, we're two days in on the week. I woke up today thinking it was Wednesday. And then I, uh, then I realized we have to do podcasts tonight, which reminded me that it was actually Tuesday. So I lost an entire day of the week, which uh, kind of upset me a little bit. But we're here and we're smiling and we're happy and we're having a good time. So what more can you ask for? It's true. What we're going to do today is we're going to have this wonderful Wheel of Doom. We've got some topics. The wheel's going to spin. It's going to give us a topic. We're going to talk about it. And then we'll do that until we decide that it's time for the very special Random Rankings. Random Rankings is where we draft things or do a bracket or do an eliminator or every once in a while we just shake it up. But today, shake it up. Shake, we are going to do up. a we are going to do a draft because that's our wheelhouse. And I didn't really want to use the bracket website that I used last time because Gonzi didn't like it. So I just was like, we'll just do it as a draft. But for now, <laughs> before we do that, we need to get to some procedural things. So Skanzi, please hit me with that wonderful drop that we call the positive point. Positive point. So for those of you who are new, we do a topic at the start of our podcast called the positive point. That is because for some time in our podcast, our motto was to get mad online. We are trying to move away from getting mad online, but we're still going to do the positive point because it's important to be positive. And today we are going to talk about the company Chewy and their act of kindness. Chewy, a good supplier for animals, was called out on Twitter for their act of kindness recently. Twitter user Ali Sana says she contacted the company to request a return on dog food for a recently deceased dog. The company surprised the user by fully refunding the purchase, recommending that the user donate the food to a local shelter and sent her a bouquet of flowers with a note signed by someone at the company. So I thought that this was pretty cool, Skanzi, because Chewy is one of those retail suppliers, but they also tend to have products for pets who have special needs, whether that's diabetes, kidney disease, things like that. And obviously this individual had their pet pass away and Chewy trying to be um, kind to them 
you know, sent them flowers and encouraged them to donate this to a local shelter. And really, like, they just took a very nice act of kindness that is appreciated. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. The, the funny thing is I stumbled onto the story uh, before seeing it in the in the positive point on the thing. And I thought it was a great story. It's a, you know, I, I speak a lot about remembering that corporations are corporations, right? They're They're in the... They're in the business to make money. That's what corporations do. And and yeah, it doesn't mean that all corporations are, are evil. Some of them like to try to do good things here and there, whatever the case may be. But I always like to remind people, whether it's your employer or just some random company, they're still out there just to make money. And whatever they're doing, you have to look at it from that vein. That said, that huge caveat, this was just a feel-good thing, right? Like this was just a, a cool thing to do. Um, to, to show someone that you care and that you have a heart and you're not just a completely soulless company. And uh, I, I think it's it's a simple gesture, didn't really cost them anything, and uh, it's it's earning them a bunch of goodwill. So, you know, it's, it's great from a marketing perspective, but it's just a good thing to do. Yeah, I would definitely agree. It, it It's going to make them more money than it's going to lose them by, you know, refunding this purchase and sending some flowers. Yep, absolutely. Cool. With that out of the way, we are going to move to our wonderful Wheel of Doom. But before we do that, Skanzi, any other wonderful words of wisdom for the people that were not said by friend of the podcast, Mr. Rhythm? Well... <laughs> You always hate on Mr. Rhythm. I'm going to make a Mr. Rhythm drop. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, I, I need should. to make sure that we call out Emily, who is chatting away, and it wasn't showing up on the uh, the joint chat here. Uh, she, she, wa- she made a point of calling out that you are really holding in your laughter on those jokes, and they are clearly epic freaking jokes. Um, but she did say that she saw muscle straining a little bit. She says, you, had to, you had to fight that one back a little bit, I think. That was, that was a good freaking joke. It was a good joke. <laughs> Don't be hating on Emily's joke. All right, I'm spinning the wheel. And hopefully the chat should be fixed now, Emily. I hope. All right, we have got West Dallas Starbucks. What is a West Dallas and what is a Starbucks? Well, I know what a Starbucks is. Well, I know what a West Dallas is too. (laughs) (laughs) So the city of West Dallas in Wisconsin, just a few weeks after the first Starbucks location in Wisconsin voted to unionize, has a Starbucks that is seeking to do the same. Workers at the Starbucks Cafe, located on Highway 100 and National Avenue, have petitioned the National Labor Relations Board for an election and demanded union recognition from local management and the CEO of Starbucks. The Starbucks Workers United Movement is gaining steam nationwide. The organization says that over 150 Starbucks stores are currently taking part in unionizing efforts. Now, I don't know offhand how many Starbucks stores there are. That might be something interesting to look up, but, you know, almost qualified. So I did not look that up prior to the podcast, but 150 is a pretty significant number. So I think it is interesting to see that this kind of labor movement is starting to move. And especially considering the things that the state of Wisconsin did under previous governor, Scott Walker, to try to get rid of unions. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on this, Gunsy? Uh, there's about 15,000 Starbucks stores. Okay, so record. it's it's not like a significant, it's it's statistically significant, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we've talked about unions a little bit. 
here and there and and I think it's a good idea. Again, we're just, just kind of reiterating the, the little bit of a rant I went on before we talked about the positiveness of our positive point. Uh, I think that workers need to have the ability to, to collectively bargain and uh, have a seat at the table. And I think generally they don't, right? Like the corporation rules with an iron fist, whether they do that, you know, very, very overtly and, and negatively or kill them with kindness, like in the end, the company holds all the cards. So I think that it makes sense that, that you know, unions exist and that people are a part of unions. Uh, full disclosure, I am not part of a union. My company is not unionized. Um, and I think that, uh, I think this is great. I mean, we've, the fact that, the thing that takes this over the edge in my mind is the way that Starbucks is fighting hand over fist to fight the union union efforts, right? Like the fact that they brought in the original CEO to help fight this back. Some of the things that this guy has been saying are pretty freaking disgusting. They're incredibly misleading. The way that companies fight this stuff is ridiculous. Like if you ever needed to know why unions are a good thing, just look at all the shit that these companies do to stop people from forming a union. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know, right? So. I think it's a good thing. I mean, good on them. Uh, you know, get get unionized, fight for your rights, get equal treatment, equal pay. You, you know, make sure you you get what you deserve to get. And uh, like, this isn't about sticking it to the man. It's about making sure that people are represented and that they're treated fairly. Because in the grand scheme of things, right now, I would say that a whole lot of people are not. So I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, I would agree. And. You know, one of the things that people will sometimes do is they'll use the minority example of the employee who may not be doing their job, who is like protected by a union and they'll go, see, see, that's why this shouldn't exist. But there's a majority of people who are doing their job. They're doing it capably. They're doing it well. And they're actually getting compensated appropriately as to where when you don't have a union, there could be two people doing the same job and one person is compensated way better Right. than the other person. And that's not necessarily fair or right either. So we kind of have to pick our battles, right? So it's good that individuals are able to advocate for themselves and advocate for the greater good. And again, not just the, well, I got mine, so y'all are out of luck. Well, and you know, here's the thing too, like, and, and, and I don't know how unions work on salary, right? I don't know if it's very much a you know, person A does the same job as person B. So people A and B have to be paid the same amount. That's something I actually don't believe in. I don't agree with. I think if if person A is doing a, you know, an A plus job and person B is doing a C plus job, person A should get more fucking money. Like they're doing better work and they should be compensated for that. The problem is person A and person B don't know what each other makes. They are, you know, even though legally in the United States, they can talk about their salary all they want. The company is going to push, you know, policy and procedure, which is funny for unknown reasons, on these people to let them know, hey, you can't talk about that because if you do, you know, this stuff might happen. So there's no conversation. You know, the company holds all the cards in that situation. So again, I don't know exactly how unions work in that regard. And that may be more, that may be kind of a negative too, that, you know, that person B who's just slagging off and they take an hour and a half, you know, additional lunch break every day is getting paid the same as the person who's busting their ass. I don't know if that's the case. That would certainly be a negative, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, I say, you gotta, 
get equally represented and then you can have those conversations right yeah and again i don't know if that's the case either again almost qualified we're doing almost qualified that's right cool well i think we're good with this one we want to say anything else or we want to spin we want to spin that wheel and then we're going to talk about the five-year-old author this was this was an interesting story a british girl bella dark has officially become the guinness world record holder for the world's youngest published author at just five years old dark's book called the lost cat features a feline named snowy who goes on an adventure and soon learns an important lesson to not venture off alone dark illustrated the book with her own drawings except one contributed by her older sister so i thought that this was kind of neat again we're trying to be a little bit more positive and a little bit more inclusive of lots of different stories and not just yelling all the time and i thought that this was <laughs> kind of cool right because you know you've got a kid out here who says i want to write a book and the article was talking about how her parents were like she's not going to write a book right but by god she wrote a book yeah. and that was kind of cool and the guinness book of world records was like here great like now you're recognized officially in the guinness book of world records now you know you can say whatever you want about the guinness book of world records but it's still sure. kind of cool yeah you know just like everything else we could find all the negatives on this right like, are they selling this book? Is this a self-published book on Amazon? Does it have an ISBN? I don't even know what the fucking ISBN is, but does it have one of those? Like, there's a lot of things you can say. But here's the moral of the story in my mind. Here's a kid who said, hey, I want to do this thing. And then she fucking went out and did it. Like, what? It doesn't hurt anybody. Chase your fucking dreams. Like, that's what this is all about. In my mind, that's what this story is. And I think there's another one on the list that's similar to that, if I remember correctly. So it's like, just go do it. If there's something you want to do, it doesn't hurt other, other people, just go do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's why I thought that this was cool. Because it's like, you know, this kid's putting something productive out into the world. Like, if, you know, five people read it or 500 people read it, it's still cool for her. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a cool little story. Yeah, and I think this is available. I think they said it was available on like Amazon, and I don't remember how many people had bought it, but at least enough people had bought it for the Guinness Book of World Records to notice, so that's cool. Yeah, I think it was, I think it said 2,000 2, copies somewhere in there. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Our, our, old, our old friend of the show, old friend of the show, Jesus guy actually put out a book. Oh, Jesus he put Christ. out a kid's book. Yeah. So I want to know, I want, I'm wondering how many books he's sold versus how many I wish we could figure that out. Yeah. Girl has sold. Here it is. I got it on Amazon. It's a 28 page book. You can get it for three bucks on Kindle. Nice. Or seven fifty okay. as a paperback. You know, like how cool is that? Right. And somebody didn't give it up. Somebody gave it a one star review. <laughs> I gotta look. Oh, I can't. It won't, it won't show me what the one star review is. All right. Well, anyway, it's a good story. It's a good story. We're spinning we'll five stars just to even it out. That's right. That's right. Pump it up. All right. Let's talk about the retail windfall, whatever this is all about. All right. Sconzi, are you in the market to get some cheap stuff i mean i don't think i need more stuff but if i wanted to get some stuff i wanted to be cheap well retail analysts say that goods delayed for multiple years by the pandemic are finally hitting store stock rooms and that could be a windfall for those in the market for items such as sweatpants couches and patio furniture 
analysts say that you should start looking for prices to start dropping around July 4th. So this article talks about how some of these retailers are getting these big bulk items in finally, yeah. but their stock rooms and storerooms are not big enough to mm. handle that. Plus all the stuff that's going to be coming in for fall and for Christmas and things like that. So retailer discounts are part of this effort to get shoppers interested in buying things again, as Americans are shifting their spending towards concerts, eating out and traveling that they missed out on during the pandemic. These discounts are expected on those oversized items and they are going to be at these companies that are like your retail conglomerates like Target and stuff like that. They're saying you probably couldn't expect like TJ Maxx or some of these places that always have this kind of like weird like stuff to do it because they just are whatever. Yeah. But I don't know. I thought that this was interesting. Like I like cheap stuff. Like I don't need anything, <laughs> but if you're going to sell me some cool patio furniture or like really cheap sweatpants, I'm not going to say no, even though I'm not going to need sweatpants anymore soon. Thanks you know, to some things that I've heard about my current work situation. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I think it's, it's, it's interesting. So we know that prices are stupid high right now. Right. And, and, you know, people will like to point to by people. I mean, the fucking businesses that are jacking up all their prices like to point that it's a supply chain issue. It's whatever, whatever, get out of here. You're, you're just groping for more money, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why we don't have space for this stuff. Like if we normally have a hundred couches and we don't have a hundred couches now, why don't we have the room for a hundred couches tomorrow when they get here? It doesn't make sense to me, but you know, whatever, like pe people have gotten it stuck to them for the last few years, especially as inflation has grown and, and they're not able to, you know, to get stuff at a normal price, let alone a discount. So if this is a legitimate discount and not you know, going from 150% of the price down to 110% of the price and saying, oh, look, it's a discount. No, it's not. It's still more expensive than it was three years ago. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of cool. And I mean, patio furniture right around 4th of July is a good time to time to upgrade that stuff. So Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. And I think you make a good point where if they're going to do the coals where it's like, yeah, yeah. you always have to wait for the deal because it's like 40% off. And you're like, okay, this is what I would actually want to pay right, for right. They like jack everything but, up by 50% when it gets there and then they can have the really big sale and get you all excited. Yeah, I, I just thought it was interesting and we'll see how it plays out. But like you said, a lot of these prices have been sky high for a while. So hopefully this is the first, you know, domino in things starting to mellow out a little bit. Yeah, we can hope. Rogue Region's very excited. I think Rogue Region's going to go out there looking for all them sales, make some money. Get some I mean, resales get in there. I mean, get you some sweatpants, go sit on some couches, see what you can find. Right, who doesn't need some sweatpants and couches? I actually right. could probably use upgrades to my couches now that you mention it. Mm. No, I'm not buying anything more. I just bought a very <laughs> expensive thing. It's right over there on my table. All right, B, let's talk about the office return. I don't think we've no. ever talked about this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sensitive so, topic, uh, sensitive topic. A Vox article discusses why the return to the office isn't working. The majority of Americans don't work from home, 
But among those who do, there's a battle going on about where they'll work in the future. And it's not just people who enjoy remote work who are upset about returning to the office. Those who want to be remote are upset because they enjoyed working from home and don't understand why, after more than two years of doing good work there, they have to return to an office. People who couldn't wait to go back are not finding the same situation they enjoyed before the pandemic, with empty offices and fewer amenities. Those who said they prefer hybrid work environments are not always getting the interactions with colleagues that they had hoped for. So this article kind of goes on and talks about different things. One of the things that it talks about is that there's a disconnect between why employees think that they're being called in and why employers are calling people in. So employees are generally, or the employer is generally saying that their employees have not necessarily been productive as to where employees like feel like they have been productive and the employers like we've got this retail space that we rented and it's just like the employers only seeing like why they think that it's necessary and employees are like it's not necessary so it's just a kind of a big hot mess so and another thing that the article talks about is that there are companies that are moving a little bit more towards like that hybrid model yeah you know, a little bit more than they were in like 2020 and 2021. But it seems like the needle is starting to move back towards more of the like in-office stuff. So I don't know. I, I thought that this was interesting. I saw this article a day after I heard some interesting stuff about my own personal work situation that's not official yet. So I don't want to come on the record and like put people on blast for something that may or may not happen. But, you know, it, it's it's a very interesting time. I know that you've had thoughts on this, Gonzi, for a long time. So have your thoughts molded, changed? Where are you at here, sir? You know, it's funny you should ask because I had a very interesting conversation today that uh, I wouldn't say it changed my, my opinions any, but, you know, it uh, it did make me think of things a little bit differently. So first of all, I think part of the problem is that leadership and subordinates, I guess, general working people are not necessarily on the same page. Not only that, the working people and the working people are not on the same page and leadership and leadership are not on the same page, right? Uh, and, and, and part of what came up in the conversation today, I was speaking to uh, a friend of mine who works in the same company. So we we're just, you know, catching up because we haven't chatted in a while. And uh, he is in a leadership position. And so he was sharing a lot of things from a leader perspective and and one of the things that he said that i thought was very enlightening is i never got trained on how to do this like we we have the same history like we were both leaders in the same office before we moved to the you know the corporate gig and so we went through the same kind of trainings we did the same kind of work basically generally and and he's like you know we all went through leadership training we got different trainings different courses whatever the case may be but what we never got was any kind of remote leadership training. Like that was never a thing. And even though it's kind of the same thing in a lot of ways, there's also a lot of differences there. And, and he mentioned that, you know, there are things that are a struggle that he, that he's working, working on. And, and how do I, how do I work through this stuff, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a very enlightening conversation uh, to hear someone with a, a little bit of a different perspective, somebody who sees things a bit different, someone who's, whose preferences lean the opposite way than mine. Like I never want to go to an office again, ever. Like not even for that 
once every year let's get together for 10 minutes no i don't want i don't want to show up i, I never i never have any interest in doing that and he is definitely someone who would much rather like he even says he's in the office three four times a week now because he prefers being in the office and and i understand that and a lot of the things that he mentioned i think makes sense but um i the, the problem is is not everybody's going to be on the same page and i think that this great resignation that's happened over the last few years has probably ruffled enough feathers that hopefully any organizations that are listening are noticing that people aren't just going to fall in line and just come file back into the offices. There, there, there's going to be a struggle there, whether it's people who are just bitching and complaining or people who are literally going to leave because they don't want to have to do that. So it's 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 interesting it's, it's it's a very interesting time and i think there's a lot of struggle and honestly what i go back to is it's about communication it's about being open it's about being genuine it's about having real conversations with people via zoom or something right like you don't have to be in person but it's about having those real conversations this is where we're at this is what we're doing and i'll tell you what if you try to if if, if my employer tried to tell me that I'm not getting as much done as I used to because I'm remote, we can have a conversation. Because because I, I guarantee you there's a hell of a lot more on my plate now than there was three years ago when I was sitting there trying, well, that's probably a bad example because we've got three extra people on my team now, so that does help. But there's no way in hell you can look at what I, my output and saying I'm not doing what I need to do. So I don't know, we'll see what happens. I think there's, there's a lot of growing that needs to happen. And in order for that growing to be productive, there has to be communication. And that's what I don't necessarily see happening a lot of. Yeah, like, and that's, to me, like, there, there's pros and cons, right? Because obviously you build office morale when you're in person, sure. But that 45 minutes that we're all standing in the hallway not doing anything, I'm not doing that when I'm at home. I'm working. I don't check my phone. I'm not on the internet. I'm not doing stuff. I'm at my computer. I'm working. I'm doing stuff. I'm in the office. Most of my time is spent talking to people that I work with. So that yeah. means that, sure, I'm building these relationships, but I'm not actually getting anything done. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you I, know, can't, like I can't tell you how often it was when I was in the office that somebody would stop by five, six, seven times a day to just say, hey, let me ask you a question or, hey, you know, I want to BS with you or whatever the case may be, right? It's just, it happens time after time after time after time after time. That doesn't happen when I'm at home. Right. And like, again, it takes this, it takes a very particular person because there are some people who say like, I don't have enough focus to do that on my own. So again, that's where you, it comes back to what you said, communication, like people need to talk through their preferences. And I think what a lot of businesses are doing is they're trying to take the decision away from, well, why does this manager allow it, but this other manager doesn't like yeah. And that could be some of that training piece because there are some people who might not feel comfortable supervising people who are not in the office. They want to be able to like hover and like, oh, I saw you in the break room six times today. Why were you in the break room? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and it, it's, it's hard. Emily put in the in, in this the chat that uh, her company is very pro return to office and she finds she's less productive on site. Um, so obviously there's an issue there. Um, 
And she also mentioned the fact that the, the return to office requirements are different. They're not the same for everybody, which again, what, what's, what's the right way to go about that? And I think that's where conversation, open conversation has to happen because I know that the, the direction that my company is taking right now is we want people on site. If there's a reason for you to be on site, that's it. If there's no reason, like a legitimate reason for you to be on site, don't be on site. And I, I think that that's great. I think it's an amazing approach and I think it's the way that it should be. The problem is that different leaders uh, define a legitimate reason differently than other leaders. And that's right. where things can get a little bit fuzzy. And I think there's a plus and a minus there, right? Like I think that the leaders, like it makes more sense for my immediate leader to make that decision for, for me and my team than it does for the CEO to make that decision. Because this, I've never met the CEO. I don't know the guy, right? I, I, he wouldn't know me from, from Adam. So does it make sense for him who doesn't know me, doesn't know my situation, doesn't know my team, doesn't know what we, you know, what we do in the, you know, the minutia. Does it make sense for him to make that decision? Or does it make sense for my immediate leader to make that decision, right? So I don't know. There's, there's definitely a lot going on there. And I think all of us are kind of learning at the same thing. Uh, at the same time and yes i'm sorry we're losing packets and disconnecting for i still haven't figured out what the issue is so i apologize for that but we should be back now yeah and you know again i think that's the hard part is that there are leaders who don't want to make that tough decision so they're going to say well we're just going to make all of you come in because i don't want to have to deal with one person complaining about well why does this person get to do this but i don't no fine all you got to come in you caught me getting a drink. Yeah, I, no, I agree. It is, uh, it's a new situation. That's just what it is. And, and I think that we're, we're going to have to learn through it together. That's yep. really what it is. All right. Speaking we're of learning, let's, yeah, let's learn what our new topic is. All right. We're going to talk about, Ooh, this is, this is interesting. Apple pass keys. The fuck is a pass key be? I don't know. So, at Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference, the company announced that it will launch passwordless logins across Macs, iPhones, iPads, and Apple TVs in September of 2022. Instead of using a password, you will be able to log in to a website or app using what is called a passkey with iOS 16 and Mac OS Ventura. It's the first major real-world shift to password elimination. So, what a passkey does is it replaces a password by creating a digital key using Touch ID or Face ID. When you log into a website, a passkey allows you to prove who you are by using a biometric instead of typing in a passphrase. So I'm not exactly clear on what a biometric is, so you may want to explain that to me, Skanzi, but take this one away. What are your thoughts on this one? I know you were super excited, so kind of give us the 411 or the details of this situation. Yeah, so so one of the weakest parts of any sort of security is the password, right? The password is, um, it, it, it's just so easy to, to, to steal from somebody and very, very few people actually use a legitimate password, right? That's, I'm gonna use password one, two, three and, and we'll be good to go. And I'm gonna use password one, two, three on every single site that I ever go to. Uh, it's, just, it's just not secure and it's not safe and it's not smart. 
So Apple has joined what is called the Fido Alliance, which has not been around for 10 years, uh, despite what Rogue Regent wants everyone to know. And uh, this is just a, te a tech industry, a tech group that that's looking to um, globalize this. This isn't just an Apple only type of thing. Google's is getting involved in this. Microsoft's getting involved with this. And the idea is that this will just replace your normal password. So biometrics mm -hmm. per your, your question is, um, it's something that you have, right? So they talk about security being something you know, something you have, and something you are, I believe is what it is. And and biometrics would be that something you are. It's your fingerprint. It's your face ID. It's your retinal scan, whatever. And so the idea is, um, and and I'll find, I'll find the video that Renee Ritchie put out there. Renee Ritchie is a brilliant tech podcaster. Um, and he, 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 he's an Apple exclusive kind of guy, but um, he did a great job kind of explaining this. So, so basically what happens is your device, your physical device, your phone, your, your iPhone, or, you know, at some point, probably your, your Google device or your Samsung device, whatever, is going to have a, a key on it. It's got a lock with a private key. And when you go to a website, that website is going to have a public key. Anybody can see the public key because it doesn't matter. And effectively what, effectively what happens in the background is when you go to that website, the website is going to send your phone a, a, a challenge, basically. And your, your phone is going to complete that challenge and stamp it with your key and send it back to the website. Only your key can stamp it in that way. So when it gets back to the website, the website is going to look at it, compare it with, you know, try to open it or complete it with the key that they have. And if it matches, it's like, oh, that was Brian. We're going to let him into the website. All you need to do as a user is know your username and then you use whatever your biometric is. So if I go to a website and ideally this is going to be cross-platform, right? So if I go to a website on my computer, my Windows PC, and uh, let's say I go to ESPN to log into my fantasy football team and I say, hey, this is my username. It's going to say, go to your phone. We're going to check and see if you really are who you are. And I look at my phone or I do the touch uh, touch ID or whatever the hell it is. And it's going to send a message back to ESPN. They're going to say, great, you're done. You're logged in. And the cool thing about this is nobody can fish that password from me because I don't know what it is. Nobody can steal it from the website because the website doesn't have it. It only exists on your device and it's tied into your biometrics. So it, it, it's incredibly safe. It can't be fished, which is a huge, huge problem right now. Um, and, and if it actually makes it cross-platform the way they're talking about, it should be super, super easy. It's even more easy than password managers, which could be a pain in the ass. Got you. This sounds to me like it's multi-factor authentication, but it cuts out the need for the password. It basically is, hey, here's your username. Cool. Now you got to click on your phone and use the multi-factor authentication. Cool. You're in. It basically sounds like that, except it cuts out the fact that you have to type in this password. Yeah, it's kind of like skipping a step in multi-factor authentication, which sounds counterintuitive, but it's kind of going off the fact that if you have your device and if you log into your device, then we believe that you are you. Right. And so and then like all that's of a kind of the point. Yeah, because then it comes back to physical security of your device. So somebody yep. who would who would want to steal this and log in as you would have to get your device and get into your log into your device, and then they would be able to utilize it. Which is not not really the issue, right? The biggest issue that we have right now is people who are able to fraudulently fish this information for people, which wouldn't be able to happen.
Yeah. Yeah. Because even if you click on this email to like give away your information, like it's still going to ask your phone, like, Hey, did you want to do this? And you'd right. be like, no. <laughs> right. Yeah. So this, this should make things a whole hell of a lot safer. Now the problem is, is you got to get everybody to upgrade or to, to get a device that's going to have this type of thing put in. And then you got to have them use it. I mean, it almost has to become a mandatory thing because otherwise everyone's going to default to their password one, two, three. Um, but you know, it, it, it's still a step in the right direction for people who care and people who understand and people who can get, you know, we can get adopted to it. It's, it's definitely a big step towards their uh, safety of their private information. Awesome, cool. Do we want to do one more of these before we go to random rankings? Sure, why not? Let's spin it one more awesome. time. Do we, do we have, oh, okay. Yeah, Rogue Region, I do. I am familiar with YubiKey. It's also kind of a pain in the dick to use, though. Are we really going to end with God? No, because I was going to throw my challenge flag. All right, throw your <laughs> challenge flag. What a, challenge flag. What are, we, uh, what are we talking about? I want to talk to you about small business income. So. Okay. Small business owners are facing a significant tax change this year. The 1099-K. That's the tax form for disclosing transactions with services such as PayPal, Venmo, and Airbnb. Before this year, anyone with less than $20,000 in total payments typically did not get a 1099-K and, in theory, could avoid paying taxes on money earned on such platforms. But... Since January 1st, companies have been required to report gross payments of more than $600 directly to the IRS. That means that small business owners, as well as people who periodically empty their closets on eBay, will receive a 1099-K from any service provider where their income exceeds $600. Tech companies are coming out in force against this new rule, not wanting to collect tax ID numbers for millions of clients and serve as enforcers against non-compliant customers. An information security concern is that if the rule remains in place, entrepreneurs may want to acquire an employer identification number to avoid having to disclose their social security numbers to every platform that they use. So I thought that this was interesting from a couple lenses, right? So there's the information security concerns. There's the concerns that you know, there, there are people who just like sell random stuff and they like resell it on eBay or whatever. Like we had an experience when we're dealing with this cabin situation where somebody was like, Hey, do you just want to like pay us with a check? And like, right. that felt really weird until I read about this. And I was like, that's exactly what they're doing. Like if we're doing this through the site, they're going to have to pay taxes on this money. So this is kind of interesting because the article went a little bit more in depth and talked about how some of the like bigger businesses feel like this is going to be good for them because they had to bake in like, yep, we're going to have to pay taxes on this where the little person, as they called them, like the little business could just come in and undercut them in price and they wouldn't have to pay the taxes. But, you know, other people are saying that this um, is only going to hurt small entrepreneurs what are your thoughts on this Scotty? yeah i i find it weird that we're talking about taxes on this podcast but uh yeah i i you know i haven't spent a lot of time thinking about this this is something that could in theory apply to me with the streaming stuff um like i don't think i make 600 dollars a year off this stuff but but maybe patreon will be close i think um so yeah, I think it could be an impact, especially if you think about, 
you know, I, I my mind immediately went to people who do streaming, like Twitch streamers or whatever. So if you are a, a small streamer and let's say you make a thousand dollars a year, a thousand dollars a year is not a lot of money, right? Like it's, it's just not, you can't live off of that. But if you make a thousand dollars in the year, and then all of a sudden the following year, you get this tax form and you have to fill this out. And they're like, hey, by the way, you got to pay us $300 in taxes. I don't know what the, the number would be, but you, this could be leaving people into a, re, a real bad situation. So, you know, it's especially when you look at the streaming world, the vast majority of people out there are, you know, 40 years younger than me or something. Not quite that much, but close. And... Uh, you know, that, that, could, that could be a real hindrance. I mean, these are individuals who are probably not spending a lot of time thinking about what do I need to do with my taxes. So, uh, yeah, like I, yeah, I immediately thought of my friends who do like woodworking, right? Like they've mm -hmm. got Venmo and PayPal and whatever. And it's like, I'm going to guess that across all of the stuff that they do, they're going to make more than $600 a year. So all right. of a sudden next year, this random form is just going to show up in their mailbox as to where before, I don't think they were making $20,000 a year off of this stuff, but they were making enough to offset other income. But that it's yeah. a significant challenge for people because again, like what, what I, and I'm assuming here, but generally individuals who are doing these side hustles are not the individuals who have a lot of this extra income. They're trying right, to figure right. out any particular way to make $100, $200, $5,000, $1,000, like you said. And now if the IRS is going to come for that chunk of money, it's going to make it that much harder for those people to continue to sustain what they need to sustain as to where, again, big business is going to figure out a way to write off their stuff anyway. Like that's right. been the whole thing for all times. Like they pay people to figure out these loopholes so that they can write off money. I mean, how about we just let Elon Musk and, and fucking Jeff Bezos pay their actual share? Let them pay the percentage that I pay every, every fucking year. And then we'd be fine. Like, we could eliminate homelessness and fucking hunger in this country. But no, we don't want to do that because God, God knows we have to protect our fucking billionaires. I think the other part of this that's uh, very interesting is, is the fact that now individuals are going to have to give their social security number to all these different companies. We have seen that no company is safe. No information is really safe out there unless they really, really, really take care of it. And most places don't because they cheap out. They, they skip steps. They do whatever they need to to get things done quick and cheap. And so now you're putting your social security number out there, which let's be honest, it's probably been leaked somewhere already anyway. But uh, but yeah, I think that's that's stupid because now you're, what are you going to do? You're going to give your your uh, social security number to eBay and then you're going to have to give it, to, you know, if you're a streamer, you have to give it to Twitch. You probably have to give it to PayPal. You're going to have to give it to, you know, maybe YouTube, uh, maybe TikTok. Now you got all these companies, give it to fucking TikTok, can you imagine? Now you got to give it to all these companies and it's just all these extra potential points of failure, which is ridiculous. Uh, Region asks, how do they know to send the form? It's just the dollar amount. If you have collected yeah. X number of dollars, they're going to send you a form. Because I think I saw something on somewhere along the line, Twitch or somewhere where it's like, hey, we, we need to send you this form because you've made X number of dollars or something. So yeah, it, it's yeah. based on the dollar amount. So yeah. if they see that you made this, then they are required now by this IRS law to send you the form. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. All right, B, I think it's time. I do too. It is time for Brian's favorite segment of the week. The we rent. No, 
Brandon I mean, <laughs> That used to be my favorite segment. Of uh, the we, week. we didn't. We didn't have a dick of the week. Can we just make Rogue Regent the dick of the week, just for because? I mean, who is Rogue Regent? Come on now. Oh, like, I, don't well, know who, I know who it is, but it's a secret. We can't tell anybody. I mean, that's because they're rogue. Oh, but... wait, I got the wrong thing up here. This is what we want. Okay, I was busy resubscribing to your channel, so hey, you get thanks for resubscribing. Trying to get me up to that $600 Twitch income. (laughs) Sure am. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, we're on Twitch. We're live right now. You know you get a free uh, subscription if you have YouTube uh, YouTube Prime. No, if you have Amazon Prime, you just link it to your Twitch account. Shut up, B. You just link it to your Twitch account and you can subscribe for free. And guess what? You can subscribe to anybody. So if you don't want to subscribe with me, that's okay. Just subscribe with somebody, okay? Look, it just hit. So now all the stuff's going crazy on the screen. Um, even Ooh. though it should be a lot bigger than it really was. So I need to make that bigger like that. Okay, there we go. Um, <laughs> anyway, we are going to talk about random rankings. B is always the keeper of the random rankings. So B, what'd you come up with this week? So this week for random rankings, we've got the Milwaukee Festival's draft. This week, we are going to draft Milwaukee in southern Wisconsin or somewhere in Wisconsin festivals. Which festivals have we attended that we must attend again? Which festivals just sound fun? Scotty and I will debate, decide, and draft some of our favorite festivals from this list. So some of these are festivals that we've been to before. Some of them are festivals that just sound good, and some of them are festivals that I have no idea idea about so do we want to flip a coin do you want me to go first do you want to go first what do we want to do i think it's yours man i think you own it you 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 get to go first all right well on this electronic device that i have in my hand here i made a list and i tiered it and i'm going to pick one that i know you would pick so i'm gonna pick it first and it is german fest so you're B, you are the wee random dick, dick, dick. of the week. <laughs> they are who we thought they were. That's but, right. That's right. So, this list had a lot of festivals, and German Fest is one of the more kind of. If, if I'm thinking about it, this in like brewery terms, like it's a macro festival, or yeah, so because it's one of the bigger festivals at the. Uh, isn't it like American Family, whatever? Like American Family owns every single park pretty, pretty here much. in Milwaukee, it yeah. seems like. But down at what we call the Summerfest grounds, German Fest is a festival of German food, German beer, even German schnapps. Because oh, yes. who doesn't want to visit that schnapps garden, Skanzi? No, I love so, the schnapps garden. Skanzi and I have a very fond uh, memory of German Fest. We will not discuss it on the air tonight, but is it, German is it, Fest is Is it me. actually called German Fest, or was it called something else? It was called something else, but that's why I was not going to say it. You can feel free to say what it was called, but you know, I was not going to disrespect our podcast in that way. You know, I, you know it is possible. This is not proven, but it's possible that maybe, possibly, perhaps, at one point, Brian and I maybe were at German Fest, and maybe I went to the Schnapps Garden seven or eight times or nine or ten times, and maybe I would like I put a message out on Facebook that said, "Yo, we're hanging out at Get a Man Fest. People need to come down and hang out." I think it was Get Man Fest. <laughs> yeah, Get Man Fest. So yeah, it was it was a that was a good day. 
That was a good. It day. was a good day. Yeah. yeah. Half halfway through, I gotta go back to my car. Thirty minutes later, comes back with an entire handful of cigars. It's the important <laughs> like, stuff. Right, well. Schnapps and cigars. It's the important stuff. All right. Well, it's true. I uh, are you are you gonna write down the list? Because I'm not writing anything down. You are good. I, I got it. I got you. I got you. So right, what's well, your pick, Stanley? So my pick wasn't even on here, which is I'm I'm a little Corn bit disappointed. Festival? Going Corn Festival? No, but I should. Now I'm gonna keep that one in mind. It's Pride Fest, of course. All right. Yes. So you know, I I I cannot express how much I love Milwaukee Pride Fest, and the reason why is pretty simple. It's just it is such a freeing environment, you know. And I've probably said this ten thousand times in this podcast, but as a fat person, I never truly feel welcome and comfortable in society. I just don't. Right. I always feel someone's looking at me or saying something or thinking something. You know, I've caught people saying things to the buddy next to him and almost gotten fights in Washington, D.C., but that's a different story entirely. And it just doesn't seem to exist at Pride Fest. You know, it's a whole bunch of people, uh, you know, not, myself not included, who have been oppressed or suppressed or hated on for who they are and how they are and who they love. And this is their opportunity to be with people like them or people that accept them. And they just you know, do and say and be and dress however they want. They feel no shame. Nobody shames them. It's just, it's just fucking great. It's amazing. It's the way the world should actually be, right? A 100% completely judge-free zone. And unfortunately, the world isn't like that. But for two or three days in the summer in Milwaukee, it is that way. And I fucking love it to death. And it really bothers me that I haven't been able to go for a couple of years. So Pride Fest is on my list. All right. Well, we got you. So next on my list, I'm actually going to skip the next pick that I have because I know you won't pick this one, but I'm going to pick a festival that I've never been to, but it sounds delicious. It's Margarita Fest. <laughs> Who doesn't want to go hang out in the Deer District and sample margaritas from lots of different places? Yeah, when I saw that one when I was when I was going through here, I was like, oh, Margarita Fest is the deal. Right? Yeah, that oh. seems legit. So I've never been, but it it sounds interesting. I probably won't go, but it sounds amazing. When is it? June twenty sixth? When is that? Like that's like this five weekend. days. That's like Saturday. Let's fucking go, man. Hey. Oh wait, I got <laughs> shit going on, on Saturday. I think Jeff's ah. coming up. Maybe we'll get Jeff to come with us, get margaritas. Hey, you know. let me know. I'll be around. <laughs> y'all are, are going to be working on stuff all day. So that's, that's, probably not that's true. Emily says it sounds like a perfect reason to visit Wisconsin. Come on down. Yes. Emily. Do it. All right. All right. Um, what do you got? Well, you already know I got corn fest in the bag and I don't think you're going to take that one. So I'm going to push that one off a little bit. I'm going to go with this one right here under the Margarita Fest. I'm going to go with Ren Fair. Bristol Renaissance Fair. Okay. You know, it's. I know you've been to Ren Fair before. So I've tell been us there. a little bit about it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I struggled getting around. So I could not go this year if I wanted to, which I would really like to. I just don't think, I think I would literally die if I went. But, uh, you know, the Renaissance Fair, I'm going to, I'm going to do it a disservice, but it's basically a, it's like a little town out of time, right? It's, it's kind of set back in the Renaissance time. 
and you have people who are playing different roles. So you got the person who's the the jester, and you got the queen who walks through the whole fucking thing, and like everything stops, and you got the the, the guards and everything with her. Um, you got uh, the giant turkey leg, absolutely. Uh, like they got all kinds of different food options and stuff, and it's just it's 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 almost like you have stepped back in time. When was the Renaissance time? Like 400 years ago or something. So it's uh it, it it's just it's such a fun time. <laughs> Rogue Region says I have garb. Can't help it. I live 15 minutes from there, right? I mean, I I used to as well. Live right next door, and uh, it's it's just a really really fun time. Imagine Dungeons and Dragons in real life. That's a great that's that's a great summary. It's just fun. It's fun to kind of step out of reality for a little bit. And, and, and again, it's kind of similar to pride fest is, you know, everybody's just kind of there to have a good time and a bunch of people show up like rogue Regent decked out to the nines. Um, I know a friend of mine from high school like that. I just kind of, we, we keep in, keep in touch a little bit on Facebook, him and his kid go to the private or not private, the pirate weekend every year, they dress up in their pirate get up and they go out to the, the pirate weekend. It's just, it's just fun. It's just good old fashioned fun. And it's great for people of every age. So it, there's a lot of walking though. And you know, being having bad lungs and COVID trying to kill me. I don't know that I'm going to be able to make it this year, but we'll see. Well, that sounds wonderful. And wait, me dying you know, or run or run for run fair. You oh, know, okay. you not, you dying does not sound wonderful. Cause we had talked about going to festivals. We got to do festivals. We got to do stuff and like hang out. So here's another festival that is this weekend that I'm not going to go to, <laughs> but it sounds amazing. It is Cedarburg Strawberry Festival. Now, let yeah. me tell you, Scott, about Cedarburg Strawberry Festival. Okay. What is better than the Berry Festival? You can sample some strawberry blush wine or some strawberry shandy beer. You can also get the freshest strawberry shortcake imaginable and a taste of many of the other contests like i know you like strawberry shortcake my brother so yeah. we like this sounds awesome like i would love to and again it's cedarburg so it's probably like a very small kind of festival compared to what we might be used to but it just sounds cool but you know i won't get there but it's something that i'd like to add to my list for the future yeah that sounds legit i mean you had me at cool. strawberry shortcake i'm done right uh I mean, I paused right here on this bloody, bloody Mary festival. <laughs> you know, I love my bloody Marys. Yep. Uh, uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to take the bloody Mary festival. Okay. I have no idea what this is because I've never been to it, but apparently it's, uh, it's in August and it's in the deer district. Let's look up the website and see what we got. Oh, dude, come on. Look at that, Joe. <laughs> this one's got a pizza on it. <laughs> so it's, it's a pizza. And this one's got, I don't know, this one looks like it's got a garlic bread or something. This one's got an egg and some other shit. I don't even know. This is what I'm talking about. We're, we got to do this. Yeah, yes. I'm out on that. That's <laughs> What? You're not a Bloody Mary? Tomate? No. Uh, all right, Rogue uh, Regent, I need you to come north. Let's go, let's go to the Bloody Mary Fest. 
All right. So I feel like we should just write in as like, I don't know how many picks you want to do, but I feel like for our last pick, I'm just going to write in Irish Fest for that. And you're going to write in Corn Festival. Okay. So, now, so we got one more well, then. Let's do one more. Then we have total of right, five. So, hmm. All right. So since I get to select what I get to select, I'm just going to tell you all what I have on my list. So I have food truck fest at the Summerfest grounds. I've got the Wisconsin state fair, Milwaukee Zuala cart, Milwaukee brew fest, Milwaukee comedy festival. So all of the things that I have so far are food related, except for <laughs> Irish fest. Irish fest is music. So I guess I'm going to take the Milwaukee comedy festival. So hmm. I've actually been to the Milwaukee comedy festival before. So it's one of those things where they've done different comedy acts over like multiple nights and it's kind of cool. And like, you get to see lots of different like traveling comics and I love comedy. Like it's one of those things that for me as someone who can't see very well, comedy is an auditory thing. A lot of times, like people are telling jokes, you don't have to be able to see to always get the great contact. So it's something that really is, you know, good for me. Yeah, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about my last two. Do you want to talk about uh, Irish Fest before we go? And then I'll wrap it up with my two. Yep. So Irish Fest. The thing that I love about Irish Fest is Irish Fest is another one of those like macro festivals, right? So it's about you know Celtic, Irish, Gaelic music. There's lots of you know entertainment. There's beer and food and all of those wonderful things. But it's another one of those environments where people are just doing their thing. Like you've got you know guys walking around in kilts and like people aren't being jerks and you just hang out and you have a beer if you want you have some shepherd's pie if you want they got rid of the bread pudding which was a Ooh. travesty of justice but like it's just a good time love it i'm pretty sure the irish wear kilts so when you say hang out literally there's there's people hanging out anyway moving on so the one thing that i want to really call out for people who are not from the milwaukee area is a lot of these festivals happen at this fairground that we have it's right on the lake in milwaukee so german fest uh pride fest irish, um, fest. irish fest and the one i'm going to choose festa italiana they're all right there on the lake which is great for a lot of reasons right so number one all of these really happen in the summer so in the summer in Wisconsin, it can get very, very warm. You wouldn't think that, but it can. I mean, it was 100 degrees today. And the cool thing is when you're right on the lake, you get a pretty cool breeze for the most part, which is nice. Also, it's just laid out. It's this huge area. Um, it's it's made really for Summerfest, if you haven't heard that. None of us picked that. I'll point that out. Summerfest is when they have like four or five, six different stages with musicians going all at the same time. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different food options. It's like perfectly made for these types of things because you've got all these stages for different types of entertainment to be. And then you've got all these small areas for food vendors to come in. So you have a whole bunch of Irish restaurants or people serving Irish food or serving German food or Italian food. So it's, it's set up really, really, really well. So Festa Italiana obviously is the Italian fest, which is amazing because you go get your, you know, your Italian food on and who doesn't love Italian food? Um, an, an old friend of mine is, is a big Italian dude. So, well, he's not big. He's a little Italian dude. And so that was kind of our thing every year is we go to, go to Festa and drink too much beer and, and have a blast. And, uh, 
And then Cornfest is is back near where I grew up, and uh, it's just it's it's literally what it says. It's a small town, you know, rural, freaking uh, party uh, carnival in the middle of nowhere. And uh, and then on the weekends they um, steam corn on the cob, and it is so goddamn delicious. Like the way that they do this is, you go into this tent, you're like, yeah, I need a a tote full of corn and so they grab this corn it's it's not shucked and they throw it in the box and you got this tote full of corn and then you take it over to somebody else who peels it like shucks it and then they drip it in all this fucking butter and they put it back in the box and then you walk out of there with this big ass box full of buttered buttered corn it's and the corn is so goddamn good it's like amazing so yeah and and rogue region brought up a great point the parking down here at the the festival grounds in Milwaukee, the parking is great. I mean, you're going to pay 20 bucks to get anywhere close to it, but there's so many different places to park and it's very, very easy to get to, which is pretty amazing. So that's what I got, B. Do you want to wrap it up with yeah. anything else or are you ready to go to your extra point? I mean, I just think this, this is fun. Like there are so many small festivals. There's so many festivals on here that we didn't choose that yeah. are kind of neat. There's music festivals. There's food festivals. There's craft festivals. There's, there's taco fest. Lots of like, yeah, there's like lots of little like church festivals that we didn't even mention. Like, you know, there's, there's pet just fest. I mean, right? Yeah, like, I, I love, I love the, I love that it's festival season. So yeah. that's why I wanted to do this draft. But now we're gonna move to my extra point. Do it. So this week, our Milwaukee Brewers made a very tough decision in designating Lorenzo Kane for assignment. So when a player is designated for assignment, that essentially ends that individual's tenure with the team. Now, the reason that I want to mention this is an extra point is to kind of start and end our podcast with a corporation doing something good. So yes, they designated Lorenzo Kane for assignment, but what they did is the Milwaukee Brewers waited until Lorenzo Kane officially earned his 10 years of major league service time. Why that is important is once a player reaches 10 years of major league service time, their pension becomes fully vested, which means that that player is now guaranteed a minimum of $68,000 a year and if they wait until age 62 to cash into that pension, they can earn $222,000 if they wait to cash into that pension. So Lorenzo Kane, we've talked about Lorenzo Kane on this podcast before. He was part of our 220 game. He was not having a very good season. He hasn't had a very good season for a couple of years. Obviously, he opted out of the COVID year, and there were lots of other things going on. But I wanted to call this out for a couple of reasons, because I think it's great that the Brewers did Kane a solid to make sure that his pension was vested. You know, Kane, for all of the things that he said about the team, he was very gracious. He sounds like he is ready to let his body rest. But again... They didn't have to do this. They could have cut him weeks ago and had his pension not vested, but they waited and they're paying out his salary this year. And I think that that's a good thing, right? So best wishes to Lorenzo Kane. We'll miss you. Yeah, that's a very good extra point B because, uh, you know, Locaine, when he came in, it was such a, a, a miraculous thing that we, so that he came and signed with us to begin with. And we kind of knew that we way overpaid and the, the ass end of the contract was 
uh, was going to be an ass. And uh, it kind of turned into that, right? Like we're paying him way too much money for, for what he's doing. So uh, good on them for uh, for doing the right thing and, and good on him for being very gracious and understanding kind of why the company had to make the move that they did, the company, the, the club, whatever. Uh, so I have nothing for my extra point. I, uh, you know what, here, here's what I'm going to talk about. So I did a thing this weekend. Um, I went and, uh, visited my old man, visited, visited my pops, um, which isn't that big of a, a thing, but it doesn't happen quite as often as it probably should. Not even probably. It doesn't happen as often as it should. And uh, it's about an hour and a half drive. All told, I think I put in four hours driving that day on Sunday, which is rough, right? And it's expensive. It probably cost me like $725,000 for all that driving. Um, but I also know that I am incredibly blessed that I could go back and see my dad and my mom, who was also there. Um because a lot of people can't do that. A lot of people don't have that opportunity. And it, it not only did it get me thinking a lot about how I need to make more time for going to visit, more time to give them a call. I also spent a lot of time while I was there with my niece. And it was great spending time with her. And it really brought clearly into focus my health because just as I don't see my parents as much as I should, I, I clearly don't see my niece as much as I could either, but if I don't take care of myself, she's not going to have the opportunity to hang out with me. I'm assuming she wants to. Maybe she doesn't, I don't know. We'll have to ask her. Um, and so it really kind of brought things into focus for me that I gotta, I gotta get my shit figured out. And I say that a lot and then I don't get it figured out. But, uh, this weekend seemed like it was a little bit of a change. As as I was driving, and I don't, I think it might have actually been Saturday because I put in a bunch of hours on the road Saturday too. Yeah, I think it was on my way when I started off driving on Saturdays when it really kind of hit me. And 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 my focus is to look at what I want to what what does that end goal need to be right? So for instance, I don't want to have to sit here on the fucking podcast and go, you know, I'd love to go to Renfair, but I can't because I can't walk and I'll die, right? Like my body won't be able to do that. I don't want that anymore. That's not who I want to be. So I'm fucking going to do something about it, maybe, finally. I need, to be, I need to speak more confidently, but I struggle because I haven't been confident. Anyway, this is a stupid extra point, but it's all I got. And B, I'm handing it back to you. Well, Sconsy. You can do it, brother. You can do anything that you put your mind to. And if you believe that Skanzi can do anything that he puts his mind to, you should find him on Amazon Sidewalk. You should find him on Twitter, at Skanzi. You should find him on Facebook, at Skanzi. You can find the podcast, AQ underscore P-R-O-D, on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter, at Landmark M-K-E. You can find us here on YouTube, Tuesday nights. You can find Skanzi here on YouTube, Glimish, Twitch, wherever. Podcasts are sold, baby. You know, we see you. We appreciate you. Thank you for being part of this podcast. And until next time, have yourself a wonderful week. And just remember, hey, 
Me, tomorrow, you. Is that what it is? That's what it, it is. Right? That's what it is. All right, brother. We're out. Have a great one. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Scott is not dancing by himself. <laughs>